Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. Friends, welcome to episode 12 of Startup Struggles. In today's episode, we're going to dig a little bit more into the book, Loving What Is by Byron Katie. We started this off last week, and this week we use some examples and real-life examples about how we're applying her method to our daily journey. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Happy holidays to all, since this will probably air right around Christmas time, right? Yeah. Wow, it's already the end of the year. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I thought what we could do is I could just jump right into my struggle this week, if you don't mind. Yeah. And the reason why it's been top of mind is because you said something to me last week that punched me in the face. It like shattered my foundation of just what was going on with me. Yeah, what was that? So I was telling you about how I was like so dissatisfied with my days, right? Yeah. And you said very simply, James, you're living in the future. <laughs> and it like, at the time, maybe it wasn't as groundbreaking, but I thought about it so much this week that I actually wrote an article about satisfaction. And the more I thought about it, it was because this, like, I haven't accepted my reality. Like, I'm living in the future. And I haven't even understood what it means to accept yourself, right? And I've written so many articles that said, accept yourself and you can do this, accept yourself and you can get past whatever. And what is, what was kind of just really eye-opening for me was that I had not even accepted myself. And I think this entire process of writing, I thought I could get past a lot of my negative thinking, these like ditches and depression holes that I'm kind of stuck in. And a lot of it is centered around being in the present, right? Understanding what is reality. And the moment when you said that, and as I thought about it, I was just like, well, fuck, like I haven't even understood how to accept myself. And it all stems from this idea that I'm just like living in the future, wishing that it was here now. Yeah. Yeah. And it just really impacted the way that I, I've been thinking about a lot of things. And I think the acceptance step is it's just so difficult. It's a lot harder than people make it sound. It's usually just like a single step. Accept yourself and go or like be here now, move on, right? So I just realized that was like a big reason why I was so dissatisfied every single day, even though I'm doing so much and it all kind of came together throughout the week. So yeah, thank you. That was eye-opening for me. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm pretty dissatisfied right now. I'm Typically, always, typically, always, I'm typically always dissatisfied with my Mondays because it's the beginning of the week and I typically feel dissatisfied up until about midday Thursday. Mm. <laughs> and then I have this like weekend Friday call with one of my really good friends, Bao. It's like a weekly check-in and we kind of recap what happened that week. And I'm just like, wow, okay, I actually got a lot done this week, you know, like we did this, 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 and this. And then it just forces me to look at what happened throughout the week. And then going to the weekend, 
it just resets and then come back to Monday. I feel like I haven't done anything. Well, because I haven't. It's Monday. <laughs> it's literally Monday morning. And so I think it's a good reminder that you bring it back around for me because I am finding myself living in the future right now. And I find myself in the future because it might be because I want to avoid what I still have to do. There's a bunch of legal paperwork I need to do. We still need to find our product market fit. We have a couple strategies we want to employ. And frankly, it's Monday morning and I'm just like, man, I just wish it was Friday. <laughs> <laughs> or I just wish it was March of 2022. So just fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. Just show me what's going to be like already. And that's a good reminder for me to not live in the future. It's just a lot more difficult than people make it sound. Being the present, don't be in the future, don't be in your head, accept yourself, love yourself. These are all very simple, yet not easy things to do. Hmm. Like, you know, running a company, there's, it's a never ending list of things. Maybe that's why it's also so hard is life is a long list of to-do lists. (laughs) right it's just a long journey of to do this doing that you want to do this need to do this it's just a bunch of responsibilities and maybe it goes back to what we said that all these things we have to remember are things that we get to do that we've decided to do instead Mm -hmm. of having to do them and no one likes doing legal paperwork or human resources type stuff or pushing papers but i guess you in a way get to do this Mm -hmm. If you hadn't started Clever, you would not have this opportunity and this responsibility to do it. I think that's really hard to twist that around to honestly say like, oh, I get to fill out paperwork. Yay, how exciting. But I think maybe it's also part of the shit sandwich that you decided to eat. Like Mark Manson said, you have to choose whatever decision that or journey that you go down, no matter what. Life is going to throw you curveballs. Life is going to throw you shit. And you get to choose what kind of shit you get to take. And being an entrepreneur, being a startup founder, man, you're going to have to do this stuff. And you chose it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that makes it any better, but maybe it makes it more of a reality in a way. It's like, this is my reality right now. You know, I chose to do this until I get to hire someone who's going to do it for me. But even then, it's going to require paperwork. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's going to require paperwork and additional maintenance. And it goes back to something we talked about very early, very early, 10 episodes ago, probably, (laughs) (laughs) which is actually a long time ago. That's two and a half months ago, where we said we have this persistent expectation that things should get easier, you know, as we level up, that things should get easier and not harder. And this is why I actually like talking to you and recording this stuff on this podcast, because this conversation in itself is evolving. (laughs) Yeah. That's something that I just reminded myself of is that, yeah, the whole point of leveling up is that it's not getting easier. It's not supposed to get easier. Yeah. So jumping off a tangent there, when you're saying that the conversation evolves. So every Sunday night, I kind of think about like, oh, what was my struggle this week? What are we going to talk about? And I thought that in the past 10 weeks, my struggles have stayed somewhat similar. They haven't really evolved very much, or it felt like to me. And the moment that you just said that the conversation evolving, that's super interesting. We can actually see how our respective journeys start to change and how we take on these like different 
types of struggles and how it kind of evolves with us, no matter what, it's always going to be some type of challenge, even though that at the core, it might be the same, right? I think for me, the core is just, I'm depressed, right? And I'm fighting that. I'm fighting negative thoughts every day to try to get out of this slump, this negative cycle that I'm in. And somehow you can relate to this in some ways, even as a founder, right? And you have different struggles and your core struggles are very different, but at the same time, they start to evolve and center around like being an entrepreneur and then growing from that. I don't know. I I just find like it's been super interesting. We talked about how we're going to revisit what we're doing at episode 10 and we kind of just blew past that (laughs) and we just like kept going. (laughs) Yeah. It's just been interesting. I think we're being very reflective at the moment. (laughs) Maybe it's because the end of the year, maybe it's because, you know, it's holiday seasons. It's time to reflect. It's just weird. It's crazy that in many ways things couldn't be better. And maybe that's always how it is. Like, hey, we're alive. We have food on the table. We have a roof over our head, right? The typhoon didn't just ravage our town, you know? Mm -hmm. Like one of our team members, Tiffany, like she lives in Cebu in Philippines. And like Cebu was just demolished by the latest typhoon. Oh, And she had to evacuate basically because people were desperate. They were looting, just like what happened in Louisiana and whatnots. And she, she's like, you know, flying out to Manila and whatnots. And, and we had team members whose family members died. And it's just like, man, it was like crazy time of year for this kind of stuff to happen. Like the tornadoes right in the middle of the country. It's like, man, like there are literally like families and kids around presumably the most joyous time of year without families. Yeah. And so what I'm getting at is there's just so much to be thankful for and grateful for. And yeah, where do we go from there? <laughs> yeah, our hearts go out to everyone that has, I guess just being in a ro- especially rough time right now. You mentioned like the tornadoes, typhoon and Cebu. I, I had no idea that typhoon had Cebu. Man, you know, in, in Loving What Is, Byron Katie talks about how this is God's business. These are things that are not in our control. And it's not that it's something that we dismiss, right? I think her point is that we can't let it bring us down Mm -hmm. and we can't let it paralyze us. Like if we think about it so much and we make it our business, which some people do, I think some people really actively make it their business and fundraisers or rescue missions or go help out, like they actually go do things. And it's not that necessarily that means that it's not in their control, right? It's actually still not. But they're actively doing something to make them I guess, feel better, do something about it. And so I think from loving what is, one of the ideas that I'm taking away is very clearly action, right? Mm-hmm. And what action can you actually do? We actually talked about this, I think, earlier on too, how you and I, we both tuned out a lot of news very early on because it wasn't in our control. We couldn't actually do anything about it. Right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's just one way to make sure that we are focused on the things that we can do. What is our business? Mm. And in the end, I think what we talk about the most is just self-growth, self-development in whatever way that looks like, whether you're at work, working as an employee at a startup or in a large corporation, or maybe you're like me trying to figure out life and looking into a different career path. 
no matter what, it's a journey on self-development. I think loving what is kind of helps you. It seems like it helps you understand the more fatigue phase, lover of fate, whatever happens, good or bad. You don't assign it as good or bad. It just is. It's loving what is. I guess that's how she came up with the title. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the book. I'm listening to like a little bit of it every day. And it's funny. One of the things that it's helped me do, I think I mentioned it last week, is that I have a pretty open mindset about other people's problems when it's like not someone close to me, right? If somebody cuts me off, it's like, oh, it's pretty easy for me to make up a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Like they need to get somewhere. Like they have a problem. They need to go to the hospital. They need to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> they have a problem that's not related to me at all. But it's really tough with people close to you, like your partner, like your family and whatnots. But I think this book has helped me a lot to just catch myself when I'm getting into other people's problems, like when my partner's being moody or being quote unquote unreasonable by my standards or family members just being demanding, right? Or annoying or something like that. It's given me the space to take a step back and say like, hold on a second. Like I am being affected by this because I choose to be affected by this. Mm-hmm. I'm not accepting the reality. I want to fight the reality. Like they're being demanding. Yes, they're being demanding. Okay, that's the reality, right? Doesn't mean I have to submit to their demands, right? One of my really good friends who introduced this book to me, he was like, oh, like my partner is being really negative because they had, you know, a long day at work and they're just like really stressed out and just really exhausted and tired. And like just the atmosphere is just very negative. Mm. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what else would you expect? They had a long day at work. It was demanding. It was stressful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what else would you expect from this person, right? But you kind of not only trying to deny their reality and say, like, you should be something different. Now that you're off work, you should be happier. You should be more upbeat. Like, that's our demand. That's mm-hmm. trying to fight the reality. And it just makes you upset because the other person's not acting the way you want them to act or the atmosphere is not positive or not, not negative, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, this book has helped me realize, well, yeah, again, like you can't change that by having those thoughts. You can also just say, oh, okay, well, they had a long day. It's great. And they're feeling really down and out, but I don't have to feel down and out. Yeah. I can be however I want to be. And then that I think has a much greater chance of affecting change, of changing the mood, of changing the air than like just bitching about how the other person's bringing the energy down, right? And so, you know, literally I got into a mini fight over the weekend, fight, a little debate where I was being stupid about something. And I was like, you know what? Just be stupid about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, of course she's mad because I said something stupid. Yeah. So, you know what? Just apologize. Just say you're sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> stop being stubborn about it. And then just like this book gives me a lot more ways to laugh at how silly we can get, how like wrapped up in the stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. we can get, basically. And I just love that about this book. Is that because Byron Katie is kind of funny about it too? Yeah. I, as an introduction, they say that if you become uncomfortable with their questioning, it's because she's actually making fun of not the person, but the thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she makes it sound ridiculous. Yeah. Like at first, I was a little like 
turned off by it. I was like, oh, she feels like she's being a little condescending. But then yeah. after a while, I was like, no, she's not talking about the person. She's talking about the thought. Yeah. And we all have these really ridiculous thoughts. Like, I have to be right. Or like, if I let her be right or I let the other person be right, it's going to be like, you know, set the wrong precedent. It's like, no. Yeah, that's true. What's interesting about this also is, so the, I think the line of questioning, she calls it the inquiry. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. The work, the inquiry. The work, that's right, the work. And the way that they start, so people want to follow along. There's four questions that you ask. And the way to start the work is she has like a website and a PDF somewhere. I think it's called thework.org. And you can download this information and download a PDF to go through this exercise. And the first exercise is actually writing about what you might be annoyed at of somebody else. And what was interesting to me about this point was I actually wanted to do this for myself more than anything, but they recommended that you actually do it for someone else. And they also recommend when you're writing down what you're annoyed about at this person to be as petty, yeah, <laughs> to be as petty as possible because later on it makes it sound just so ridiculous, but it also frees you in a way to let out everything, you know, like a lot of times, maybe when you're writing or maybe when you're talking to your therapist or whatever, you're trying to, you're almost like catching yourself to make sure that you still say the right things to sound like someone that you wish that you were becoming, right? But that's mm -hmm. still kind of trapping down these real raw emotions. And by writing down, and maybe that's why you talk about free writing in the mornings and you, you write honestly about your opinions, right? And I do this too, but I've noticed that I catch myself in what I write. I almost filter down things in the way that I write, hmm. even to myself, even though I know it's like my own journal. So yeah, this little switch has made me realize like, oh, why am I doing this? I'm not sure why. And I think it actually doesn't benefit you at all right? if you're not actually writing what you truly feel. And my concern was that I was going into like a negative spin, being super negative. But maybe it's just a way to let out everything because you have to. And there's no judgment there because your journal literally cannot judge you back. Yeah, I definitely encourage to just let it out. I think movies overplay this like fear, like, oh, someone's going to discover your journal. And like, I mean, as long as you're not like writing something heinous, like I want to go kill people, right? Then you need to go see a therapist like immediately. <laughs> but if it's like, I'm like depressed. Let me clarify that last bit. If you're writing down <laughs> anything where you want to harm, you know, somebody else or yourself, like definitely go see a therapist. But just writing down like, hey, like I'm just really down and out about not feeling confident or not sure of what I need to do next or just really depressed. Or even like the no stupidest shit that you wouldn't want to even talk about like i don't know what is like a dumb thing that makes you super angry we always talk about people cutting you off right and for some reason it drives us insane mm -hmm. but it's so petty to complain about like oh this guy cut me off so he just put me in a bad mood the entire day really what but just write it down write it down be petty i haven't gotten that far on what byron katie suggest to do. But from what I understand is after you write these down, then you can ask the four questions that she says to go over, which are, mm -hmm. we went over this last week, but just in case people haven't listened, first question is, is it true? Second question is, 
Can I absolutely know it is true? Third question, how do I react when I think about that thought? And the fourth and final question, who would I be without the thought? And so the idea is to read what you wrote and go through and ask these kind of questions and actually find truthful answers. And a lot of people, they may struggle with this because it starts to go into very deeply into like what you truly feel. I think that's like the very hard part. And especially like the third and fourth questions when you think about like, how do I actually react to this? You might not react the way that you want to. And then the fourth one is, who would I be without the thought? This might be a different version of you that you can't even imagine right now, right? For me, it's like a lot of things are like negative thinker, negative thinker. But who would I be without being so negative? Like, does that mean that I'm a positive person? I'm not sure. I have no idea. I don't know what that looks like. And I think those are the questions that really force you to figure out how to change your thoughts, right? Let's try this, actually. On The one thing I haven't tried is like trying this on ourselves. Let's say like, all right, you feel stuck, right? You feel depressed, stuck in this cycle of depression. So is it true? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> Can you know absolutely that it's true that you're like stuck in a cycle, this like perpetual cycle? I guess not. And why not? Because every once in a while, things aren't that bad. There's the small glimmer of hope, like occasionally, you know, and it's not that bad. There are ups and downs, right? Yeah. Let me ask a different question. This is one of the turnaround thoughts. After the four questions, there's like this fifth step where you turn around a bunch of things a bunch of the statements that you've made. Like, are people supposed to go through cycles? Do people go through cycles of ups and downs, right? And so in that case, is it true that like people will perpetually be depressed at some point in time or in the future? Yeah, it's almost normal. Right. I think the example Kid Byron gives first is being judged. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to relate this to depression, but first it's, do people judge? Why are you upset that someone's judging you? Mm-hmm. It's like, is that normal? Like, mm-hmm. yes. And then do I judge other people? Yes. And so it's like, is the reality that people aren't supposed to judge you? No, that's normal. And so maybe the way for depression is, do people get depressed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it normal to be depressed? Yeah, it's happening everywhere. And so if that's the reality, and we're trying to tell ourselves that we're not, is that the way to do it? Let me reframe it here. Yeah. I think the thinking, the question, the belief is people shouldn't be depressed or I shouldn't be depressed right now. I shouldn't be depressed, right? Is Mm -hmm. it true? It's like, yeah, that feels like it's true, right? I shouldn't be depressed. Can you know that's absolutely true that you shouldn't be depressed right now? No, no, you can't because- million things can make you depressed. So you can't know for certain that you shouldn't be depressed right now, right? Or this week or this month or this half year or this year. And then how do you react? How would you react if you didn't believe this, that you shouldn't be depressed? I think I just go about my day, right? Yeah. You just go about your day. Who would you be without this thought that you shouldn't be depressed? I don't know. I have no idea. I've never not thought about that before. It's like part of my identity right now. Yeah. Well, think back to like when you were a kid. Think back to times when like you didn't, we didn't have to worry about depression. 
I mean, the only time I can think of was when I was a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think I had to worry about depression when I was a kid. It was like just, hey, look, sky's blue, grass is green. Let's go run around outside. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you didn't have like the time or the bandwidth, or maybe you had the time, but you just didn't understand that concept. Not to say kids don't go through depression, but just like me personally, I don't think I. I don't know if kids go go through depression. But then again, that's the word kids is pretty broad. Mm. And when I'm thinking about like when I was a kid, like, yeah, I get sad. (laughs) (laughs) Like Miles gets sad. Like he gets upset. I don't think he gets depressed. Yeah. But either way, who would we be without this thought, right? I think we would just be. Yeah. Like this belief that we shouldn't be depressed. It gets rid of that. I mean, it's weird because... When you're trying not to think of an elephant, you think of an elephant. And if all the time you're thinking, I don't want to be depressed, I don't want to be depressed, can't help but be depressed. And how do we react? And I don't think that thought. Then it's just are. I should have clarified that statement a little bit more. I think the statement, the more true statement would have been, I shouldn't be depressed all the time. You know, it's absolutely true that you shouldn't be depressed all the time. No, I can't know for certain. Like there could be a lot of things that bring me down. Like I interviewed somebody whose entire family like passed away within a year, like their husband. And there was like six months later, their mom, then six months later, their dad. It was just like, holy shit. And then she ended up writing that book called Be Like Water that I mentioned a couple episodes ago. And then we do this, like, how would you react if you didn't have this belief that you shouldn't be depressed all the time? Who would you be without this thought? And then the turnarounds would be, you know, I should be depressed. Yeah, it's okay to be depressed. Yeah, it's okay to be depressed. If I want to feel depressed, it's okay for me to feel depressed. And then I think it's the fighting the reality that we shouldn't be depressed that just makes us even more depressed because we're just like, why am I still depressed? Yeah, why am I like this? (laughs) I shouldn't be like this. Why am I like this? (laughs) Yeah, and then that goes back to our conversations about living in the future, like shoulda, coulda, woulda, what we should be. Yeah. When we're not that right now, so let's just accept what is right now, loving what is right now, which is right now. I feel uncertain. Right now, I feel depressed, and it's totally okay. Yeah. Honestly, the more I fight it, the more I, at least for myself, the more I fight it, the more I like get stuck in it. Yeah, totally. I think that's one of the strange things that's happening with writing is I wonder if I'm just thinking about it way too much. Are you sharing it? Yeah. Okay, good. I don't know where you're sharing it. Where are you sharing it? On uh, the website, jswpark.com. No, no, no. Are you promoting it? Oh, am I promoting it? (laughs) Once a week on Twitter. (laughs) What about like Facebook? What about like LinkedIn? Yeah, maybe I need to open it up. But, you know, I thought about LinkedIn and... You got to open it up. Yeah, I I guess maybe a part of it is just like I'm so afraid to share. Okay, let's do the four questions. (laughs) God damn it, Sean. Should you not be afraid? Is it true that you shouldn't be afraid? No. No. Okay. I can be afraid. How would you react if you didn't have that thought that you shouldn't be afraid? I would just share it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Man, the work works every time. Damn it. Jokes aside, I mean, I've been been saying this to you, not because I'm saying that you should do it, but I was sharing that thought two weeks ago that because you shared your work with me that day, like, we started this podcast and it led to all these other things to happen, whether good or bad. It's not unimportant. It's just, it opened new doors. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I really need to share more. I think it's just a matter of fear and also just wondering if, no, it's just fear. I'm just afraid. I'm just entering into this space of self-help where there's 
already so much help out there. And I guess one of my fears is, am I different? Clearly not enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly not enough if we're still needing help. <laughs> that's true. And I think that's one of the problems is that it's just not easy. I mean, it's not supposed to be easy, right? It's not supposed to be a simple, you wake up one day and you're magically fixed. You read one article and you're magically fixed. There's so much work, like the work that has to go behind it. You have to inquire yourself. You have to really dig deep and fish out all the weird thoughts and things that you're afraid of to actually get past it. And a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people think it might not be necessary. Also, some people might not even know what the next step actually is. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of people don't even know what to get out of it. Yeah. And I think that's what the book is helping me is in those personal situations that I described earlier with people close to you. It's, I didn't have the tools to know how to, how to get out of those ruts, how to get out of those thoughts. It's just interesting. It's, it's still not easy, but at least I have one more tool in my tool belt to deal with certain times. And like, I just feel annoyed by other people. Like certain people have certain habits, right? It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> but it's like, wait, it's not my problem. It's your problem. Why am I like so worked up about it? I don't have to be worked up about it. I don't have to be annoyed. And it's that realization that is like, it sounds so simple, but in that moment, you're like, wait, I don't have to be annoyed by this. Yeah, I don't have to try to change you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it opens up new possibilities for what could be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is good. I guess this week we had a very real, honest conversation about God's business, depression, things that we can control, things that we can't, and how to take action. Yeah, we dig a little bit deeper into the book Loving What Is which I really hope we continue digging more into as the weeks go by, as we read it. We still have to record that mini series to finish up the VTO stuff. Oh, yeah. Which we'll get to. <laughs> we'll get around to. It's on our to-do list. Maybe we'll do it over the holidays. Yeah, it's on our to-do list, just like our website. Yes. We just need one thing fixed. What's that? Remember, it's that podcast widget, and we can't get the sidebar to change to the podcast episodes versus the articles. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We will continue this conversation next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Have a happy holiday.